It's the Double Doink Podcast with Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. The Double Doink Podcast is an unwrapped sports production. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Deek. You can follow me on Twitter at Eaglestock underscore. Make sure to like, subscribe, give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. It helps us out. Listen to some old episodes. Anything you could do to help us out, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, okay, so today is a special episode. No Eric Warner with us today. We're going to be talking some Eagles football. Of course, if you're an Eagles fan or just a general NFL fan, you've heard the big news. Eagles right guard Brandon Brooks tears his Achilles in a workout. Out for the year, second time in three years. Huge loss for the Eagles. So today I have Bo Wolf, host of the Birds with Friend podcast and writer for The Athletic. One of my favorites in the business is with us today. Bo, how you doing? I'm doing very well. But you, you told me that you've had Sheil and Zach on the show before. Should I be offended that I'm third on the list? <laughs> you, I had you guys all. I was planning on getting you all on, and uh, it was just kind of a random order. You saved Don't the best be for last. No, I had to get the exactly. I had to get the host for last. No, uh, you guys are awesome. If you haven't checked out Birds with Friends, make sure to check it out. Shield Kabadia, Zach Berman, and Bo Wolf hosted on The Athletic, one of my favorite Eagles podcasts. So, Bo, let's get down to business here. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. What was your first reaction to the Brandon Brooks injury? Um, of course, I'm sure the first one actually was, of course, everyone felt bad for him and it sucks. But what was your kind of first Eagles reaction, kind of big picture reaction to this injury? Yeah, I mean, well, you're right. My first reaction was that stinks for the guy. Uh, you know, one of the most popular players in the locker room, obviously a, a very easy guy to root for. And, you know, frankly, you, you can make a case that he's the best player on the team if you're just comparing him to uh, the other players in the league at his position. Now, obviously, if you're going to talk about positional value, you, would, you wouldn't argue that. But uh, you just feel bad for Brandon Brooks, and you, you feel a little bit bad for the team. But at the same time, I mean, this is – not to say that they, this is what they're asking for, but when you, you have a team uh, that is consistently committing long-term to guys over the age of 30, this is the kind of risk that you sort of price in. But uh, I, my initial reaction was was certainly, I just I just feel bad for Brandon Brooks, a guy who, uh, who fought so hard to come back from the Achilles last offseason and came back ahead of schedule and was probably the best guard in the league until – uh, he suffered another season-ending injury for his shoulder, so uh, he is used to uh, what he what he called like the hell of rehab. But uh, you, you just feel bad that he's got such a, such a long road now before he'll be able to get back on the field. Yeah, did you see a video of him already in like doing jujitsu the next day? In a the guy, he's a warrior, man. Yeah, exactly. Right off the bat. Um, okay, so let's try to tor- uh, put it towards like the ego's perspective, like front office view. Um, my first reaction was. Oh my God, that Jalen Hurts pick looks awful now. Who needs guard depth? Um, did you kind of have that thought when it happened? That, I, I hate to say it. I hate to have a negative kind of twist on this, but that was kind of my first reaction besides the fact that, of course, you feel bad for him. Like two Achilles in two years or three years, I guess. Right. Awful, especially for any athlete or any person in the world. I, I feel awful for him. He's got a lot of, a lot of uh, work to do and a long road ahead of him. But just the fact that the Eagles took such a luxury pick in the second round Um, that's kind of what hit me right away. Uh, Do you kind of have any thoughts on that? Well, I see your point, um, but I I don't put the, I don't put the Hertz pick. Like I wouldn't have really wanted to take an interior offensive lineman in the second round there anyway. Uh, But I mean, we 
separately, I, I certainly did not like the the Hertz pick uh, taking that luxury pick when they only had two picks in the top hundred. Uh, we can get to that in a bit. But uh, my thought on on like the Eagles' depth along the offensive line is that they should they should be okay. Uh, I mean, if you look at that right guard spot, uh, I, I'm hard pressed to think of a position in the league that uh, would be theoretically easier to ingratiate a new guy into the lineup than someone playing next to Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So uh, with the guys that they have, I mean, they sort of have to turn over this offensive line to the young guys at some point anyway. So between Matt Pryor, fourth round pick, Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig, who made the team last year, and maybe even Sua Opeta, who, who also made the team as an undrafted rookie, uh, or at least was called up from the practice squad midway through the season, uh, they should be able to fill that hole. I think Pryor is probably the the leader in the clubhouse, and, and I actually thought that he played pretty well when he had to play for Brooks at the end of last year. Uh, he is a sort of a big, strong, powerful man, like we like to say on Birds with Friends. And he's like uh, a typical guard build. He is not. He's he's six seven, like three three fifty or something like that, three thirty five maybe. Uh, so he is he is sort of um, similarly built to Brandon Brooks. He's not quite as toned. You know, there's you don't see uh, jujitsu videos of Matt Pryor going around. But uh, he is a – I think that he can sort of do enough of what the Eagles need in the run game. And he's he's such a big guy that that uh, even in the pass game, I think that, that they'll be able to get by with him. Certainly it's not going to be uh, quite as high a ceiling on the right side if, if it is prior, but I think they should be okay. Yeah, I didn't really kind of dive into the, like, the guards that went after Jalen Hurts until I listened to the Birds with Friend episode with you and Zach. And there's Ezra Cleveland. I think there was like an Ohio State guy that went. Uh, right. Uh, what was his name? To Jacksonville. Jonah I, I Jackson. Think I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was a couple guys there. I just, I hate the Jalen Hurts pick so much. That was my first uh, kind of thought to it. But you know what? I was thinking too, I was talking to uh, my friends who are an Eagles fan too. We kind of both thought if there was one kind of big name on the Eagles to go down, I hate to say it, but I think right guard Brandon Brooks might be the, the most salvageable, if that makes sense. Because you're yeah. between Kelsey and Lane Johnson, right? You have two guys there that are that can that can guide you and that can uh, that can teach you and kind of hold down that right side of the offensive line. Of course, Brandon Brooks, and you you said that you can make the argument he's the best player. I think he is the best player on the Philadelphia Eagles, not named 2017 Carson Wentz. But mm. um, so yeah, you know what? It's it's a loss, and I think after a couple of days, I've kind of uh, I've kind of lived with it. I was freaking out at first, but you you guys made a good point on your episode that uh, if they should be able to live with it and they should be able to uh, kind of get average play, I guess, from because that's all you need. You need like below average or just average to kind of get by. Um, water gun to your head. Who plays uh, right. week one? I will say I will say prior. Um, prior? You know, okay. If we if we are, uh, you know, taking the, the taking it as a given that there will be a week one in, in the year 2020 yep. and not just Brandon Brooks gets to start in 2021 when football returns. Yeah, um, and this might be breaking news if you're listening to it uh, when it goes up, but uh, a couple of football players on the 49ers were just tested positive at a workout in San Francisco. Mm. I think Jimmy Garoppolo and his wide receivers. So, yeah, we have no idea if week one's going to happen, and I know you've been pushing that. It, it, it sounds crazy. If it I mean, I hope I'm wrong, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true, right? Like, I don't get how they're going to do it. Like, even, like, the rules that they brought out for the social distancing in the locker rooms, it doesn't make any sense. Football is mm. not the sport where you can social distance when you're practicing and whatnot. So we have no idea, but um, do you think, but I, think I think your point on, uh, you know, looking at guys who, who could go down among the big names, it's sort of like the, the, uh, the uneasy dirty calculus of like running a football team. 
is yeah. that you know you feel you feel for these guys as players, but you have to sort of separate it from the likelihood that you're going to suffer significant injuries over the course of a football season. That's just the business. And so uh, if you're looking at it as like one of our best players is going to go down, you're probably right. Like the the right guard is probably the easiest one of those to sustain. And it was going to happen. Like we're it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Like we we are cursed with with injuries, right? Like, I know that's right. It was going to happen eventually. So, um, yeah, it, it's a big blow. Um, but I agree with you. And uh, I've kind of like I said loosened up on it. I think they will be able to get by. Do you think there's any chance uh, Jason Peters or a guy like Larry Warford, um, anyone like that? I think Joe uh, was it Joe Thunny, the right guard from the Patriots. I heard a report that they might be trading for him. Do you think there's any like any like realistic shot that they go outside the box here? Because I don't I, see I, it. I, I'm a Matt Pryor guy. I think they want. I want to build like inside out. Um, I feel like the. You, I think you and Zach talked about it too. That they kind of have to show these young guys out, right? They have, have to prove themselves. They've been relying on her big and Pryor as backups, so it's kind of time for one of them to step up, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you give them a shot. And you know, the other thing is, if you think about it from like from the perspective of we were just talking about, who knows if there's going to be a season? You know, why would you sign a short-term veteran? if you don't even know if there's going to be a season yet, what's the rush, right? Like wait until, uh, until at least training camp starts or something like that. Um, as, as for Jason Peters, I don't see like, I don't see him playing guard um, even if it means left guard and say Amalu, Isaac say Amalu goes to right guard. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think um, as we talked about on the show that if, if, if the Eagles are going to bring Peters back, it's probably more of a uh, like a risk allocation assessment like they're just deciding that they don't want two major question marks and if they view Andre Dillard as a question mark then they want a little bit more stability at left tackle but uh, you know it, it, theoretically like if Larry Warford was available for a very reasonable uh, you know one-year prove-it deal that would make sense he's a he's sort of a like-for-like replacement on, on Brandon Brooks but uh, barring some crazy discount I think it, it makes more sense for them to to move forward with what they had and and I I would be I would be shocked if they if they trade for Joe Thune yeah I, I don't really see any trades happening anytime soon just around the league in general like if you look even at free agents like Cam Newton's not even signed yet guys right. like that Jadavion Clowney's still on the board so yeah there's not a lot of transactions going on I got to throw this out there because it was big news last night um in the trade block Jamal Adams has a uh, a list of seven teams and the Philadelphia Eagles are one of them. Uh, do you think there's any shot here that Howie Roseman tries to get a deal done? So, I mean, knowing Howie, he's going to be involved. Uh, he's going to, he's going to at least see what the market is and, and make that call to, to, you know, his buddy, Joe Douglas. But uh, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it fitting uh, for one. I don't think that the Eagles are uh, in the business of, of trading for Jamal Adams and then giving him this, this massive extension uh, when they have, you know, not a ton of cap room and some other guys that they want to extend. Uh, and that's sort of the, the calculation they made with not trading for DeAndre Hopkins. But uh, they also committed so much money to Darius Slay. It's not really in the Eagles MO to uh, be so top heavy in terms of their dollar commitments to the secondary. Now, maybe you think that this offseason is a signal of change there, but uh, certainly the Eagles could use a, a long-term safety and Jamal Adams is fantastic. And uh, you could make a case that safety is maybe among the two or three most pressing long-term needs for them, but I, I don't see a fit. I, I just I, I would be I would be surprised if they are the highest bidder. Yeah, especially in Jim Schwartz's defense, like Malcolm Jenkins. Like I, I've been saying this all uh, all offseason, the loss of him is going to come back to bite us. I think I think it's just an under under talked about um, 
story that Malcolm Jenkins leaving and they bring in three different guys that could potentially replace him. And we have no idea if it's going to work out, especially like the Jalen Mills thing. Like it just it, a lot of question marks throughout the position, especially with Kayvon Wallace now coming in. We have no idea if he's going to pan out and we might need him to pan out pretty early. Right. So um, do you like the one the only way I could see a trade is a young guy on a roster like a Dallas Goddard um, potentially going or Avante Maddox. Like, so you're kind of are you at like the zero percent chance with Jamal Adams or do you think there's like any? Yeah, I would never say I would never say zero percent. Give me like uh, how about four percent? Four percent. Okay, I like four that. turkeys. I, I tweeted yeah, four turkeys. I tweeted zero percent, and then Jamal Adams uh, brought his list of teams, and I probably bumped that up maybe two percent. But yeah, I, I don't see it. I think Eagles Twitter needs to uh, hold their horses with the trade uh, trade scenarios. Um, I do want to kind of jump on to uh, uh, Doug Pearson's press conference that he had uh, earlier sure. the other day. Uh, Brandon Brooks, I'm, he was announcing that, and he had a couple other little interesting tidbits in the uh, in the press conference. One was about Alshon Jeffrey that they think Alshon Jeffrey is a main part of this offense going forward. Um, do you do you believe that, or is this just all smoke and mirrors here? Well, I I'm of two minds. Uh, one, the first mind is that like he does sort of have to say that if if you are under the impression that the Eagles want to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey. Um, then this is what Doug Peterson would say. Like so, so his answer is what he would say regardless, right? Uh, either he wants to, uh, you know, pump up the trade value, which uh, the the cost on the cap is going to be pretty significant if the Eagles trade Alshon Jeffrey. It doesn't really make a ton of sense from that perspective. I, I don't see a team. I don't see a team making a trade for him, anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's probably right, given given the contract. Um, but. At the same time, I mean, the other thing, the other thing Doug said there that's if you want to sort of, uh, you know, put the pieces together is that, you know, Jalen Rager is only learning the one position behind Deshaun Jackson right now. And that means that there's nobody else on the other side who's ready to, to start. Like, do you think that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is ready to be a, uh, you know, an every down player for this offense? Certainly not based on uh, the way that he played last season and the, uh, the like aversion to throwing to him that Carson Wentz had when when he was on the field. Um, now at the same time, Alshon Jeffrey is coming back from a, a Liz Frank injury, so that is that is uh, no guarantee that he can come back healthy. And he one was already sort of slowed one down of last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the worst injuries you can have as a wide receiver, especially a non-speed wide receiver. Right, and so I think that, like, I think that if Alshon does come back healthy then the Eagles really uh, have no choice but to play him because they're so bereft of talent on the outside and, and certainly nobody of his of his skill set. But I, I'm still a little bit skeptical that he's going to be on the field. Yeah, and you brought up a good point, like the Liz Frank injury. Like, I just don't see how a guy like him could come back and be somewhat better than he was last year. Like, he was like below average last year and he was above average as an Eagles wide receiver, if that makes sense. Like he was right, exactly. good as an Eagle, but if you look at it around the league, he wasn't. So it's interesting um, that Doug Pearson brought that out. I feel like Howie and Doug kind of have this um, like schedule or they, they have like a point to get across to all the media and fans that Alshon is staying and he's not going anywhere because a lot of the talk this offseason was about Alshon and the Josina rumors. So I feel like they're trying to put out the fire. Um, do you think do you think this Josina Anderson stuff was overblown or do you think they're like I said, do you think they're just trying to put out a fire here? Uh, I don't think I have a good. I don't think I have a good sense of that. Um, certainly, we have heard, uh, you know, reports that that he was a source for uh, some Josina Anderson reports. But 
you know, we don't have full confirmation of that. And at the same time, you know, even if that's true, like these guys are these guys are professionals, right? Like uh, in any in any workplace, you're going to have people that you don't get along with, but it's still your job to uh, function with them in a work environment. So uh, even even if there is a little bit of tension there, you know, these are grownups. They should they should be able to move forward and get over it. Yeah, exactly. This stuff happens all the time. I just feel like it was just the Nick Foles, Carson Wentz debate when Alshon was apparently leaking stuff to Josina. I think that kind of sparked some controversy, too. Um, one more thing from the Doug press conference I want to bring up. He said Jalen Hurts is progressing very nicely and that he's very happy with uh, his progression. Um, I kinda, what else is he going to say? I, 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 I know. I kind of laughed and smirked when I heard that. I, I want your kind of saying this, like, I don't really understand how a quarterback can be seen as progressing when they're not on the field. Like, what, what could he be possibly be talking about when he says this? Like, is he getting the playbook right? Like, I don't really understand where he was coming from. Well, I mean, what's, what, what else is he going to say? If somebody, yeah. somebody specifically asks him about Jalen Hurts and, like, what can, you, what can you learn from him in these environments, what else is he going to say? Um, but, I mean, it is weird. Like, you know, the, the – uh, the, the company line has always been from from both Howie and Doug that when you draft these guys, you never really know what you have in them until you get them in the building. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't been able to get them in the building. So exactly. uh, it's going to be interesting. Like they're they're going to be surprised by some of the players of this draft class. And, and you know, some of them will be pleasant surprises and some of them will be disappointments. And uh, it's I mean, it's impossible for them to have any feel uh for like any significant feel for what Jalen Hurts is bringing to the table that's any different now than it was when on the night they drafted him, right? Exactly. And you, you said you want to bring up the Jalen Hurts pick. We'll talk about it later. Let's talk about it now. Um, like, like you just said, like a quarterback's got to get on the field and show something. And once the season starts, like week one, like Hurts is probably not getting a lot of practice time. And it feels like they're trying to, I said, another agenda on their part, trying to defend the pick. And when you listen to Doug and how we talk about Jalen Rager, they're like, oh, we're going to wait for him to get in the building to see what he has. It's like you should be hyping up your first round pick, Jalen Rager, uh, to the fans and try to say that this guy is going to help out Wentz. What, what's your kind of take on how they're handling the Jalen Hurts pick? And do you see any sort of role for him in the Eagles offense in 2020? So I was always skeptical that there was going to be a big role for him um, immediately in the offense just because – uh, his development as a quarterback has to be the thing that's, you know, their top priority. But uh, that said, like, you know, I, I suppose it's possible that they can have some kind of limited package and get him on the field. But uh, the, the other thing that jumps out is just that, you know, Carson Wentz is a super competitive guy. And the idea of him coming off the field uh, for sort of a gimmick package is not something that strikes me as uh, something he was he's really going to like. And especially when you consider that, like, the thing that Carson Wentz does best is third downs and red zone, like the situational football stuff wh- where that's when you would probably think about bringing in these sort of gimmick packages. So uh, I don't really – the best red zone quarterback. Right. One of them. So it's uh, it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I would be – like I don't buy him as a, uh, you know, Taysom Hill type player in this offense. I think the Eagles drafted him because they think that he can be a – uh, a very good starting quarterback if that if that happens and uh, as i've said before like uh, to me if jalen hurts is as good as he needs to be to justify that pick then he will be the eagles quarterback and the eagles will get rid of carson wentz that's just like the value proposition of of how they had to evaluate him to be worth that pick that's just the only thing that makes sense yeah you zach and shield nailed it on the head i was trying to find some sort of like 
reason why they want to do this. And the only reason is they think he's the next Russell Wilson. That's, that's it. Like, you wouldn't take a guy like that unless you think he is that good. And well, I think that's what makes the most sense. But in their yeah. minds, like, uh, it seems to me like they, they were really committed to getting a young backup quarterback. You know, they tried to, they tried to make it happen in the fifth round last year with Clayton Thorson. And that I was, was mad at them. I was mad about that pick. Like, I was mad about the fifth round pick for Thorson. And then they do this. Oh, right. I'm already getting mad again. Sorry, go on. No, it's okay. No, yeah. So I think that this is a hole they wanted to fill. And so they viewed it as a need, I think, more than we may have from the outside. And to use that uh, second round pick when you only had two picks in the top hundred, uh, I just think there were there were too many long term pressing needs on this roster to to make that worth it. But uh, you know, listen, if Carson Wentz goes down and and Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, leads leads the team to a couple of victories, and we've got a nice spicy controversy in uh, in Philadelphia, I guess the Eagles will have gotten what they wanted. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not uh, new to quarterback controversy here in Philadelphia. Um, I want one more question from you before I uh, jump to a non-Eagles topic. There's a lot of talk about Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard this offseason about whether they're both going to be here long term. I'm going to throw this water gun to your head uh, line at you one more time. Who is the starting tight end in 2021 for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, I think they'll both still be here in 2021. I think they'll, they'll both be going into into their, their last year of their contract. Yeah, that's... You don't think Dallas Goddard's knocking on Howie's door saying, I want my own team or an extension? I'm not. I mean, I think it's possible that he's doing that, but I, I think uh, I think it's more likely that the Eagles would then let him go, or at least I just I I think I think it would be so silly for them to be getting rid of the younger player. Uh, I, I just uh, Howie Roseman is not a dumb guy, and unless he's getting some kind of very significant value in return, I I don't think he's going to do that. I think they're sort of committed to the 12 personnel offense. They really like what that uh, brings them. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, but uh, I, I, I mean, eventually it's going to be silly to be paying two tight ends that much money, probably. But I, I just don't think they're going to get rid of Goddard. Yeah, I, I, Dallas Goddard to me is one of the, kind of the most uh, under talked about players going in. He's got a, he's got to have a massive year. Um, they, Jalen Rager is still a rookie. We have no idea what he's going to pan out. I'm a huge Rager fan. I love the pick. I thought they got off to a great start in the draft. It's just he's a rookie, right? You have no idea how these guys are going to pan out. So. I think uh, Wentz is going to be relying on uh, Goddard and Ertz down um, down the stretch, especially later in the year when once injuries happen. If they they got to stay healthy for Carson Wentz to um, have any success, the Philadelphia Eagles need those two tight ends to uh, kind of pan out and go above expectations if they want to make a playoff run. All right, one last question before you go um, on the Athletic. You've been writing a couple articles about Philadelphia universities and colleges about seniors not getting the chance to. Uh, finish off their uh, athletic careers at their universities due to COVID-19. Can you kind of just give a maybe like a summary of kind of what you've learned talking to these players? Yeah, sure. Um, this has been sort of a, you know, a, a bittersweet but fun project to work on uh, because I've, I, you know, I've been sort of struck by the unfairness of, uh, you know, seniors, both in, in high school and college who would have had their, you know, their final semesters uh, sort of just ended so abruptly by the coronavirus. And, uh, it's been it's been interesting to talk to the some of these athletes and the perspectives that they have. So uh, you know, it ended up being five different stories um, on in sort of some different angles. And uh, there's the, the Drexel women's basketball team who uh, was 
primed to have this great end of their season, this this year that they had been looking forward to, this this great senior class, a chance to go to the, the, the tournament for the first time in a long time. And they were like one of the last teams in America who was on the, like they were on the floor ready to play uh, when, when the season was canceled. Uh, Lamar Stevens, who is the Penn State star basketball player, completely turned that, that program around and was six points away from becoming the, the all-time leading scorer and, and sending the team to the tournament in what was basically the best year uh, since their 1950s for Penn State basketball. Uh, and he has sort of, uh, since then, as he prepares for the draft, grown into his voice um, in, in you know helping to protest racial injustice. Um, there's just sort of the story of the decisions that face the spring sport athletes who were given an extra year of eligibility, do they come back or not? And and sort of the privilege of, of even having that option. Uh, there's a, a LaSalle track runner named Anthony Hawthorne, who is a, an Olympic hopeful uh, in the 800 meter. And and I knew like nothing about, about track in the 800. So it was sort of enlightening to, to get to talk to him and learn about it. And he now has a, an extra year to try to make it to to the Olympics uh, representing Jamaica. And then the last one was the one that went up today that, that uh, was a fun one to work on. And that was on a, a pen pitcher named Christian Scafidi, a senior who, who finished the season with a 0.00 ERA, a perfect season basically. And as he was preparing for uh, the MLB draft and hoping to get drafted, he was getting helped out by his brother, Dominic, who was actually a professional basketball player in Italy. And so he had sort of a, a, a front row view of the uh, you know the evolution of, of how things played out globally uh, with the coronavirus. So yeah, they were kind of uh, they were kind of like patient zero there, right? In Italy, so yeah, exactly. So um, so that was it was fun to work on. You can you can read that on the Athletic. I would uh, I would be I would be very happy if you if you would read it. Yep, I've read I read each story. And it's awesome. If you haven't uh, checked out the Athletic, um, make sure to do that. It's my my go to for any uh, sports stories. And while we're kind of talk about that, um, we'll shut it down now. Uh, can you uh, shout out any? Um, I guess deals or discounts they got on the athletic going on right now. Sure, theathletic.com/slash/birds-with-friends will get you will get you forty percent off. So so check that out. Awesome. Uh, make sure to check out Bo Shiel and Zach's podcast, Birds with Friends, um, hosted by the Athletic. Make sure to check out Bo's work. Thank you for listening. Again, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give us a rating, and we will talk to you in a couple of days.